Did you know only 9% of construction business owners make more than $200,000 a year? We believe your business should make your life better. We work with construction business owners to systemize their cash flow, workflow, and crew so they can become involved but not required. Have a listen to our podcast if you want to be in control of your business and your life. If you want to get there faster, go to involvedbutnotrequired.com. Hey guys, want to show you uh, a really simple technique you can use to double your profits incredibly quickly. I know that sounds too good to be true, so bear with me, I'm gonna show you how to do it. And then once you set, there's seven simple ways, steps, you can pick any one of them to do it. But really, it's not that hard. The secret, before I leave you in suspense, is what you need to do is get your team to increase productivity on site by 10%. That's it. Do 10% more work in the same time. How? Let me show you. So we're gonna take uh, an average smallish company, you know, four or five man crew. Uh, at this point, you might be, you're gonna be on the tools, you're gonna be quoting at night, you're gonna do, I would guess, somewhere around a million dollars a year. Yeah, that's in revenue. Now, let's look at how that breaks down over here. You're gonna have your direct costs, right? The costs of doing that work. Depending on the size of your company, that's gonna change. Like when we got bigger, when we were doing sort of 10 mil plus uh, revenue, we were running uh, at uh, a far better efficiency on overheads. So our overheads at that point were, were much smaller than they were at this point because you still need, you know, for, for this section here, you still need a bookkeeper, an accountant, uh, but you know, you only need one bookkeeper or one accountant and they can do a fair bit of stuff. So for them to, to jump into your company and do stuff. So you get some efficiencies of scale. At this stage, um, I'm gonna say that you're doing about 75%, so 750K, goes on direct costs. Now, what are direct costs? Your direct costs are your wages, your subbies, your super. Uh, you know, they're consumable stuff, so glue, nails, um, you know, cable that you can't assign to a specific job. It's whatever it is that just is general cost that you only use more of or less of if you're doing more or less work. You know, you use less nails if you're doing less work. You can pay less subbies if you haven't got the work on this week or this month. So it's variable. It changes, right, depending on the amount of work you've got going on. Your overheads, this chunk right here, Doesn't really change, right? It's static, it's bookkeeping. Your bookkeeper is gonna do your books whether you've done a bunch of work this month or not. Your accountant's gotta file, your bass gotta do your tax returns. You gotta pay your insurance, um, you know, your phone, your internet. Um, you know, all those things, if you've got an office or even if you're claiming a third of your home office or your home rental or mortgage as, as home office, all of that stuff is, is fairly static. You know, the, the lights go on, you pay your internet regardless of if you're doing more or work this month or next month. Those are your overheads. So they're your fixed costs is the other thing that people will talk about them with there. So we're gonna say that's 150K. So it's 15%, right? That's really, uh, again, um, for here, it's probably not too far out of the, the realms. I would love to see that uh, down 
to sort of 12%. Um, but for where we're at, let's call it that it's going to be um, you know, at 15%, right? That's 900,000. That leaves this little section here. This last 100,000. What's that? That is what we're doing for in business. Oh, my iPad's doing this thing where it lags, it's killing me. But anyway, we'll work through it. That's your profit. There we go, that's better. That's the thing that, you know, regardless of why you're in business, you want to call your own shots, run your own show, not work for a dickhead boss. The profit should be there as well. 10% profit is where I would expect the average trade business to be um, at about this size. Yeah. You might be seeing yourself as more profitable when you're a one-man show, um, yeah, you haven't taken your own wage out of that. You have to pay yourself. What we're talking about as a business is not the amount that's left over when you have paid yourself zero dollars. It's when you have paid yourself a fair market wage, what you would earn if you went and worked for someone else. When you have taken that out of the pie, what's left is your profit, right? Because you could go and earn that money for anyone. I know that there's a whole lot of stuff that doesn't come with that. You work for a boss. You know, you, It's not nearly as much fun as running your own business. But nonetheless, as we start moving our thinking from being self-employed tradies to being business owners, what you want to remember is you need to be taking out what your fair market wage is and the remainder is profit. So if you've got 10% profit and you haven't paid yourself a cent yet, you don't have profit. Right? You have to take that out. So this is assuming, because some of your stuff will be, you know, some of your wages will be here at this size. You know, you spend a lot of time on the tools. Um, so you, know, you might, if you're paying yourself 100 grand a year, you know, there might be 60K in here and there might be 40K of your wage in here when you're quoting, um, visiting clients, doing admin stuff, right? But either way, it should be allowed for in the cost before you get to your profit. 10% profit here, 100K. Awesome. All right, so how do we double that? What we're going to do is ask our guys, we're giving away the secret so it's not really keeping you on the edge or anything. Um, what we're going to do is ask our guys to be 10% more productive. Yeah? 10% more productive. Get 10% more done each day. Now, in this company, you're doing a million dollars revenue a year. Yeah, that's for $750, oh, 750, but hey, 750,000 in wages, right? So we're still gonna pay the same guys the same amount to shop for the same hours. What we want them to do is when they're on site, be 10% more productive. So that's gonna translate to you doing $1.1 million worth of invoiceable work. This doesn't work if you are simply working for hourly rate and you're charging your crew out for hourly rate. But you, that's really, really tough to scale. It's a high trust situation for someone to go, yep, cool, I'll just pay you your hourly rate. That's fine, you can do that, especially when you're smaller. But when you wanna grow, you're gonna have to start taking on new clients who don't know you so well yet. They don't have that established level of trust with you and they don't really wanna just pay you by the hour. Now, honestly, as you grow, I used to hate hourly rate work. You know, I send a crew to site and we've got a fixed price to do that job, they do it. If I need to pull them off site to chat to them for a bit, if I need to talk to my project manager for an hour on the phone, no stress. You know, the second 
that I sent that same crew there and they were on hourly rate from the client, I'm getting calls. You guys took 40, 40 minutes for lunch. I'm not paying for that. You guys left 15 minutes early. You had a meeting with them for safety for 20 minutes. I'm not paying for that. You know, they're watching them the whole time because there isn't that high level of trust. As soon as they're on a fixed rate, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care what you do. It is so, so much easier as you grow to be able to just have a fixed price, not to have to stress with the, the client. And it's the only way you can make good money, right? On an hourly rate, you're making your fixed percentage and that's it. You can't make more than that. You can make less than that because one of you guys makes a mistake and the client says, oh, you should have to fix that. You go, well, hang on, I haven't factored in going back to that. Tough, you gotta go back and fix it. You can make less, can't make more. Fixed price contracts is where the cream is. That's where you wanna end up. So we're talking here as if you're already doing that and you're gonna be in this situation where same cost of guys, now you're doing $1.1 million worth of work just by being more productive. So let's have a look at this wonderful little example up here. We know that that hasn't changed, right? We're paying the same guys the same amount, they're doing a bit more work. Has the overheads changed? No. Same amount of payroll, same bookkeeping, it's a couple more invoices because you've got 10% more work done, that shouldn't really affect it, right? There's no more work cover insurance, there's no more anything. Yeah, that's all the same. And yet here, we know that we are at 1.1 now. Ah, my whole wine's gone away. That's right. All right. So where does that extra 100,000 go? You guys have figured this out already. I don't need to draw it for you, but I will anyway. The extra 100K is sitting here. It's in profit. Yeah? <coughs> so by being 10% more efficient with you guys on site, You've doubled your profits, going from 100,000 to 200,000, like that. That easy, right? Now that's assuming you're making 10% profit. If you're struggling and you're making three or 4%, it's gone up massively. It's gone from 40 grand to 140 grand. It's amazing, yeah? If you're making 20%, lap it up, it's still gone up. You know, it's still good to go from 200 to 300 grand. If you're making 20%, make hay while the sun shines. You have zero to 5%, is a really dangerous place to live profit-wise. It only takes one big mistake or a couple of little ones and everything falls over on you. Five to 10, not much better, it's edgy. You wanna be at the higher end of that bracket. 10 to 15 is comfortable. You know, we would always aim to be in that bracket and then when things don't go wrong, you know, year on year over the time, over like 10 or 11 years that we had it before we sold the business, it was around about seven or 8% that we would end up with each year. And that was targeting in that 10 to 15% bracket. You know, we were very rarely get away with a project with 10, with 15. We'd squeeze it a bit, send it out for the, the final contract on the sheet, it was at 12, and then things go wrong and you make less than that, yeah? Um, if you're making 15 to 20%, you're flying above 20%, competition will catch you. It's unlikely in this industry that's already so competitive. But, you know, if, however you are, wherever you are with profit, to make that much more is great. All right, so how are we going to do it? Like... The, the wonderful, beautiful thing about this is that 10% doesn't seem too much. If you go to your guys and say, let's see if we can get 10% more done, you're not going to them and saying, let's do twice as much work. Let's do 50% more work even. That seems unattainable. 
right? It just seems like you are being unrealistic and unreasonable. So you ask them for 10%, doesn't seem that unreasonable. Now, I'm gonna give you seven quick, simple tips on how you can do that. You could implement any of these this week, right? If you wanna get, a, we've got a, um, a worksheet that covers each of these in detail, so you don't have to take frantic notes while I'm going through this. Um, it also shows you how to work it out at the bottom. Uh, just message us, say worksheet in the, the uh, messages below, send us a DM, send us an email, we'll get it across to you uh, that you just want the seven steps worksheet, cool? Number one. Breaks. Or start and finish time. The number of times that I will see this happening, it's a seven till 3.30 day, right? It's eight and a half hours with eight hours of paid work. Everyone in construction under the award nationwide is entitled to a 10 minute paid, half an hour unpaid break. I see guys pull up in their car, five past, seven past 10. They get out, change their shoes, get their tools, walk on site. By the time they've got ready to work with their tools on site, quarter past seven, right? They may have pulled up on site at, at you know, eight or nine past, but by the time they're ready to work, it's quarter past. There's 15 minutes that you're paying them for that they weren't working. The 10 minute break. Again, the number of guys I see get in their car and drive to the servo, it's just not possible to get to the servo and back and eat what you've got in 10 minutes. They go there, they come back, and then they go and eat it. Like there's 20 minutes at least. So that's another 10 minutes that is blown out, the 10 minute break, and it's 10 minutes under the award from when you get to wherever your meal place is. So if you're on a big commercial site, you might have to go down five floors. Okay, so 10 minutes becomes 20 anyway. If you're on a, a small resi site or a small commercial site or just you're working in someone's place, it's until you get to the lunch shed or until you get to the, the plank with a couple of bricks that you eat your lunch at, right? That's when your 10 minutes starts and finishes. And it doesn't, 10 minutes doesn't finish and then you go to the toilet or go and have a cigarette. 10 minutes finishes then. Right? So there's another 10 minutes that blows out lunch. It's easy for the half an hour lunch break to blow out to 45 minutes. Guys go to the shops, come down, eat. What do they do after they eat? Check Facebook, check Instagram, message some friends, yay, fuck around. By the time they get up, 45 minutes, it's another 15. You know, the day ends, they know they're gonna lock off at 3.30. It's like, ah, it's three o'clock. It's no point starting something else. So let's pack up now. They're packed up ready to go by 20 past three. Still sign off for 3.30, it's another 10 minutes. You add those up, that's 10, 15, 15 and 10. You know, that's 50 minutes. Um, if you look at what 50 minutes is, you know, we've got an eight hour day times 60 minutes because 480 minutes. No, I'm not that good at maths. I did this before so that I didn't have to fuck around with the calculator for you guys, right? We've got 50 minutes because I did this one too. 50 minutes, you divide that by your 480, can tell you that gives you 10.4%, right? If you're looking for 10% increased productivity, you just found it, right there. There's 10% increased productivity. That is doubling your profits by making sure that your guys start on time, finish on time, take their 10 minute break and their half an hour break. That is 10% productivity right there. How easy is that? You, know, you could probably implement that 
tomorrow. Especially if you're on site with you guys. This one. I hate this one. We actually had a policy where we didn't hire smokers. Um, it's controversial. We had a six-step recruitment process. If you follow us and see our stuff, you'll, you'll see us go through that at some point. One of the steps is a pre-employment questionnaire. Um, it was a whole bunch of questions. One of them, tucked near the bottom, um, was multiple choice. We have a non-smoking policy on all our sites. You can only smoke before work, after work, and on breaks. Your questions were, that's no worries, I'm a non-smoker. Or, sorry, your multiple choice answers. A, no worries, I'm a non-smoker. B, I'm a social smoker, not a problem. C, I'm a smoker, I can handle it. D, smoker, I'm going to struggle with it. Or E, smoker, no longer interested in the job. All right, there's only one right answer. I'm a non-smoker. Because social smoker is code for, I do smoke on weekends at night, so as soon as I realise I can bludge off work, I'll be smoking again a pack a day. Only one right answer. If you've got guys who are smokers, which is not unusual in this industry, you know, something like 15 or 17% of the population smokes, it feels like it's triple that sometimes in construction. It takes, what, I don't know, five minutes to have a cigarette? By the time they walk over, it's worse if they have to roll it themselves. There's six minutes. Six minutes an hour? If they're doing one an hour, six minutes is 10% of an hour. Right? If they are taking one cigarette break an hour, there's 10%. Like that. How hard is it to implement a policy? You can smoke before work, after work, and on breaks. We used to say you had to collect your butts and put them away. We didn't have smokers, so it wasn't an issue. But there is 10%. Like that, right? I'm gonna move on for that one because I don't like it. Um, number three, competition. This works very effectively especially for guys, and this industry is, is very male-dominated. Um, having a bit of competition can be splitting your crew. You know, um, if you've got four-man crew, it's great. Two over there, two over there. Yeah, you might have to balance it. You're the boss, take the junior apprentice, put the other two more experienced guys over there, so he gets the most done. If you're a three-man crew, no worries. You go on your own and send the other two guys over there to compete against you. So if they can't get as much done when there's two of them as you can in a day, they're going to feel pretty bad and you'll just be looking at them. So they're going to work harder to prove they can get it done. Yeah, that's going to increase. Honestly, like that's not a 10% one. That's usually a 20 to 30% one there. You know, people, males especially, love to win. <laughs> they, they want to know they can be better. It's, it's gamifying it. You know, if you've got multiple crews, it's great. The, the best thing ever um, is when you know, we have we had sites where you're doing the same thing next to each other. You know, if you're ever doing... Uh, a housing development, like we did one in Kew years ago where it was an old um, psych hospital, got demolished and they did, you know, they, they built 400 homes there or something. And we had all the contracts to do all of them. So we could do a frame here and a frame there and they were pretty much identical. Right, one crew on there with three guys, one crew on there. Let's go. Bang, they smashed it out of the park because they're watching. They can see them right there. You know, it's not, I'm making it up that they're across town. Like, they killed it. <laughs> we made great money on that job because they were competing against each other. So any way you can come up to bring in fun, they, they call it gamifying it, you know, because so it, it's fun. The guys enjoy it. Like, they're, they're there watching each other, they're ribbing each other, they're giving each other shit, trying to go that little bit faster. Oh, you will see incredible results. This one's a slow but steadier. 1% per week. Don't have to ask them to go 10% faster. Ask them, can we do 
1% more this week than we did last week. 1%, right? If we've got, I'm going to need a calculator for this one. If we've got 480 hours times five, right? Two thousand four hundred minutes in a week divided by one hundred is going to be uh, still twenty four. Can we can we save twenty four minutes this week? Twenty four minutes. Can we find twenty four minutes a week? You know, um, can we find five minutes a day? Four point eight minutes a day. Yes or no? If they can't find five minutes a day to be a little bit more efficient. You know, you're breaking it into a little incremental step. Like it becomes, okay, can we save two minutes before smoker, two minutes before lunch, two minutes in the, the day, there's six minutes. What can we do to save two minutes, right? That, those small things, 1% a week will get you there. Because it's compounding, it'll get you there in eight or nine weeks. But you know, aim for 10 weeks. 1% a week gets you 10%. It's a bit slower burn, but it still gets you that 10%. Five. This one's super simple, but it involves some work from you. Measure, right? Measure. They did this great project years ago in the US, um, and it was called the Hawthorne Project. Here's what happened. They had a, a massive factory with hundreds of workers in there, right? And they were looking at things that would increase the efficiency. So what they did, is they measured how much they were producing each day. And someone had the broad idea that the guys couldn't see well enough. So if they had more lighting and they could see better, then they would be able to get more done in the day. So they put in more lights. They got electricians in and they installed 50% more lights, made it brighter. And they measured, efficiency went up. That was good. That's great. Let's see if we can make it even better. They got the sparkies back in and they put in more lights again and they measured and efficiency went up. Whew. Let's keep doing this. This is a winner. And they came in, they put more lights in. Efficiency went up. They measured again. More lights. Efficiency went up. Until it's so bright that you're walking in there and you've got staff wearing sunglasses and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Someone said, why don't we try taking some out? So they took some of the lights out. Didn't get the sparkies in, just took the globes out. They measured, and efficiency went up. They took more globes out, and they measured, and efficiency went up. And they kept on doing it until it was so dim that you could barely see where you were walking. And they measured, and efficiency went up. And they're like, so the lights had nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. The thing they had changed is they were measuring. And it wasn't just measuring in the office, they were measuring and the staff could see. It was on a board, let's see how productive we are. The lights had nothing to do with it. They were measuring how much got done and sharing that information, communicating it to the team. And the measuring made all the difference. If you can measure and communicate how much is getting done, you watch your efficiency drive up. You know, people, yes, they're inherently lazy, but they also don't want to be shit. They don't want to be failures. They don't want to be seen as no good. So when you're measuring what success is and you're showing them, it will, efficiency will go up, but it takes some time and effort. Um, yeah, we can show you that that's, we, we show our guys 
how to do that because it's a key part of long-term productivity and efficiency you need to be measuring, especially when you want to grow to multiple crews. Uh, we can definitely show you how to do that. Just follow us and you'll see us talking about it in a bunch of other places. Six, reward. If we get this much done, I'll buy you all a slab at the end of the week. Slab of whatever beer you want or premixes you know, or a bottle of something. There's a bonus if we can get this job done. Because you know, if you can go 10% faster and double your profits, offer them to share some of it. You know? Rewarding the guys, offering an incentive or a bonus is a really effective way to get them engaged and just pushing that little bit harder to get a little bit more done. All right? This is my personal favourite. Put them in charge. What do I mean by that? I got, when I was just myself and three guys on the tools, three apprentices, I got the most amazing results when I'm like, this is pretty boring, we've pushed it, I'm just whipping, whipping, whipping. They're always coming to me with questions. I said, right, we're going to turn it around. And I took my two senior apprentices and they took it in turns to run the day, each day. So to come in, it's Trent's day. Come in, it's Megan's day. All right, what are we doing today? They had to assign the work, including to me. The thing that I had the most fun with was this. I would walk up to them and say, what are you doing next? And I'd give them that thousand yard stare. Yeah, <laughs> you all know it. <laughs> you all know it. They put their arms by their side and they go, what do I do next, boss? And they go into neutral and into fairyland because they don't have to think about it because you're going to give them the answer. Go and do that. Okay. You know, I did that to them. God, it felt good. <laughs> it was so good. They had to be thinking ahead as to what came next. Right? They had to be one step ahead or two or three steps ahead. They had to be assigning each of the other guys. It's even better because they were both there in those switch days, the other senior apprentice was watching the one whose day it was today. And again, we brought back in that competition. Suddenly, it wasn't the aim of it, but it came into it regardless. If you've already got multiple teams, then and you've got someone in charge of the site, I would say do this. When they call you, don't answer their phone calls. Try this for a month or two. Don't answer their phone calls. And then don't call them back for at least 90 minutes. The number of phone calls you get from your crew over time will drop by 90%, guaranteed. Because when you call them back 90 minutes later, hey mate, what do you need? Oh, it's all right, I figured it out. They can't wait 90 minutes. They've got to push on. They've got a crew on site. But every time they pick up the phone and go, hey boss, just need it. You know, what should I do here? Or are you happy for me to do that? And you give them the answer, they become more reliant on you. And, it, and it's twofold. Firstly, they, they know it, yeah? They, they can figure out what to do on their own. If they don't know it, they can figure it out as well as you can. You just gotta put that trust in them. Firstly, it does two things. One of them, it reassures them they made the right decision. Secondly, it's covering their ass. Because if it goes wrong, they checked with you and you said yes, so now you're as much to blame as them, right? Just don't answer and let you force them into making the decision. So put them in charge, right? Those things, those seven steps, there's, there's any of them that you would be able to implement this week, tomorrow. You know, so have a look through it. We have got a worksheet that shows you each of these in detail. As I said, um, just send us a message or comment below. We'll get the worksheet across to you. And you can, it, it's got an area to work out how many minutes you think you can save for each one and what percentage efficiency that'll be and what difference that'll make to your profit. Right? That's how easy it is to double your profits. Guys, I really hope that's helped.